0: You're stinking up the place! P.U. Go take a bath and some tomatoes.
1: Tuesday. It's oh, Tuesday. Oh man, coming up on today's show, The Gospel According to Superheroes, getting out of the Bible reading rut. And ten rules to help reduce conflict in your marriage. But first, Ooh. it is October 9th. That means we got a few holidays to celebrate, we don't do, we, Mo? We
2: do. It's fire prevention day. Hey,
1: that should be every day, all. ladies and gentlemen. Well,
2: it should be every day. Do you remember doing like I don't know if you guys did it here hmm. in like schools when you were in elementary school or whatever? But did you all have the trailer? Heck you,
1: yes. Yeah The fake the fake house with all the different I things. I don't feel
2: like they do that anymore.
1: I don't know. I've seen it recently, I believe. I mean, by recently, I mean within the last five years. But, gosh, I do remember that. Uh-huh. And, I remember, and I do remember the first time I did it, the dude that was taking us through it almost hit me in the face with the cast iron skillet that they had there. Because he was playing around trying to show us, you know, because one of the things was the handle was sticking over the edge of the counter. Yeah. So that was one of the safety deals. And yeah. he was showing off that, you know. All it takes is one kid to reach up and grab that thing and fling it. And he flinged it towards my face and it bonked the top of my head. Because I happened to bend down uh, before it hit. But it would have smacked me right in the nose. Nice. And he was like, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. That's never happened. <laughs>
2: that was his first day on the job. <laughs> he last. had never done it before. And last
1: day. <laughs> uh, no, did you get to be the person? Did you ever get to? I went through like three times. Did you ever get to be the person that got... Yeah, left behind in the no. top room when the fire alarm went off no to, to, oh, that because that was the because that was the deal they, they would always keep one of the one of the leaders would get get the person in the back of the room while everybody was filing out the little ladder at the end they'd keep one back really quietly said just stay here for a second just stay here and so that was the last lesson that they learned is like, is everybody here? Everybody check around and make sure everybody's present. Is anyone missing?
2: Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> It'd be really bad if there was like, no, we're all here. Yeah. Let's go. Nobody's <laughs> missing. <laughs> but I felt, I felt, it was like my third time doing, uh, doing, going through that house. And I felt so privileged to be the person that got to stay behind.
2: Yeah. And then you're listening <laughs> as all your friends are out there and they're like,
0: no, Matt. Matt's not here. Oh, no. <laughs>
2: He's stuck in the fire. No, I'm, I'm, oh, what good childhoods we had. I miss those days. I really days. hope, I
1: really hope they're still doing that. That was I've, one of the coolest, coolest ways to learn about fire safety. I
2: don't think that my kids have done
1: it. No? I really I mean, I don't. know there was one here. I remember seeing it here many, many times. Yeah. But maybe they don't have it anymore.
2: Nope. I really don't think that they've done it. And what's crazy to think, because I'm thinking over it now, being a military family and all, we have not moved in the duration of time that my kids have been in school.
0: Yeah. I've been here for have, a long time. Yeah, my kids Ugh. have done, Burn I mean, me.
2: Topher did kindergarten in Italy, but first grade through now, we've, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> today is also National Sneakers Day. Mm hmm. As in, like, tennis shoes? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Or are we sneaking, not sneaking around?
1: around? I think that would be International Sneaky Day. Yeah, true. With sneakers, yeah.
2: I'm not a fan of tennis shoes. What? Yeah. I'm a sandals kind of person. Ugh. Yep, I will wear sandals in the snow. You disgust me. I'm so
1: sorry.
2: (laughs) Uh, Today is also Submarine Hoagie Hero Grinder Day.
1: Yeah, whatever you call it. It's a sandwich.
2: It's a sandwich. Mm -mm. But not really a sandwich. Because it's not on flat pieces of bread. It's on a long...
1: It doesn't have to be on flat pieces of bread. I think the problem is is that typically they're not cut into two pieces. They're just split open like a hot dog. And so people don't consider that a sandwich because they don't consider a hot dog a sandwich.
2: But it's all about the bread to some people? See, I would have thought it's all about the meat as to whether or not it's a it's I a would sandwich. think so, but
1: typically that's how they define it. They define it it's to be a sandwich, it has to be... Uh, filling between two pieces of bread two separate pieces of bread it doesn't really matter what kind of bread per se but but then again yeah we had that debate of like a hamburger yeah but people a lot of people do call it a hamburger sandwich and that's yeah. what it used to be called and it's just kind of colloquialismed into just being called a hamburger it used to be like hamburger sandwich. Even on McDonald's menus, that's how it said. It was said hamburger sandwich.
2: That's so strange. <laughs> it's not a sandwich it's a hamburger.
1: Um,
2: and lastly, today is National Pro-Life Cupcake Day.
1: What? You sound confused.
2: That kind of threw me for a minute. Pro-Life like, Cupcake. I
1: actually looked this one up because I was confused about it, too. Um, it's it's started by a organization called Cupcakes for Life. And it's literally just that. You make a bunch of cupcakes... Set them up somewhere where you're allowed to set them up, and <laughs> Mo just broke our
0: mic stand.
1: <laughs> uh, set up a booth somewhere, give away cupcakes for free, and use that as an opportunity to hopefully start a discussion about being pro-life, about abortion and really cool. stuff. Uh, so if you are that gung ho, gosh, I just I don't have the, I don't have the ability. I don't know if it's my awkwardness. Or whatever. I'm much more comfortable talking about stuff behind this anonymous microphone <laughs> than face to face with people, especially about touchy topics like that. But for those of you who have the courage to do so, more power to you.
2: You know who this sounds like to me? Hmm. Kara sounds like Kara Welburn is written yeah. all over it. Yeah. Pro life and cupcakes.
1: That's true. I forgot she had that whole that whole cake thing. The whole. Cake. I'm gonna I'm gonna admit Cupcake. something.
2: Cakes by Kara.
1: Most of the time. Kara. Don't Kara, say listen,
2: something ugly. Most Ooh, of the time. Kara, I'm a fight him for almost you. Almost every single I time. I will fight him for you. I've
1: had a cupcake that Kara made. They were amazing. The best cupcakes I've ever had. But there was one time she made a batch of cupcakes for us where it just didn't taste like anything. Now, it might have been me. Maybe I had a cold that day or something. But we got like strawberry cupcakes, I think, for Eli's first birthday from her. I couldn't taste anything. I'm like, what happened? Did Kara have an off day? I don't know what's going on. Everyone else seemed to like him, so I'm assuming it was just me. But but I remember remember, remember being upset. I'm like, I was waiting for these. (laughs) Uh, Again, it was just me. Everybody else loved them, so I had to have a cold (laughs) or something. I couldn't taste anything. But, yeah, she made, oh, gosh, she made that, uh, what was it, a peanut butter chocolate? Cupcake? Yeah. Oh, gosh. That one was good.
2: Her, I think that her chocolate cake and cupcakes are the best. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The chocolate cake ones are good. The best. <laughs> That's what I remember thinking at the party. I'm like, man, we should have gotten chocolate something. Yeah. Because these strawberries are off point.
2: She also, ooh, <laughs> though. Ooh, ooh. She, and this is just for me because she knows how much I love lemon but she makes lemon drop cupcakes.
1: Oh, I love lemon.
2: Uh, she only does them for me. Sorry. And really, she's really only going to do them for me now. Now that she's only going <laughs> to make you I, strawberry cupcakes <laughs> for the rest of your days. Bastard strawberry
1: cupcakes. <laughs> um, no, yeah. I've, I've had her strawberry The reason why we picked the strawberries because I had had them before and they were the blasting with yeah. strawberry flavor. Yeah. I was amazed. So I had to have been messed up that day. Yeah, I think they Um, were. You know what my favorite combination is cake-wise What is a lemon cake with chocolate frosting what it's amazing my grandmother used to make me that that was my signature cake she would make like a lemon bundt cake and put chocolate frosting all over it oh my
2: gosh those are two things that you wouldn't think right. of going together they
1: don't sound like they go together but they are perfect together
2: you know what's also really good and I'm sh- the, okay. So if you put orange and chocolate together, of course, yeah, that's really good. And so I'm thinking it's probably very similar because it's a citric with yeah. The chocolate. Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah.
1: You know what else is really good together, but we're not not talking about cakes and like snow cones. What? Cherry flavor and pickle flavor. Ew! It's amazing.
2: Okay, don't get the. The dill pickle slush from Sonic. Oh, no, that's It's gross. disgusting. That's a sugar
1: pickle. That's different. Yeah, wow. we,
2: we were so disappointed.
1: <laughs> no, I'm so talking about legitimate dill pickle juice from the dill pickle jar like they use at most snow cone stands and the artificial cherry flavor. Mix that together. It makes a flavor taste that'll send you to the moon.
2: I'm kind of trying to figure out if I have dill pickles and maraschino cherries at home.
1: That would be the flavor.
2: Because if I do, I'm going to try Give it a shot.
1: Yeah. Okay, I will preface it this way. You will either absolutely hate it.
2: Or love it. Or
1: absolutely love it. I've never seen anyone halfway. Okay. But I've seen both of those.
2: Noted. Noted. <laughs> but, I want for me, everyone who's listening. I know
1: me, my mom, and my brother... Uh, it's the only thing we ever get when really? we don't get snow cones. We will not get anything else. There's nothing, there is nothing else in our opinion than cherry pickle. And then my my son, Eli, also likes it. Really? Deidre hates it. Deirdre really? Deirdre said, this is absolutely disgusting.
2: I see, and I have to always <laughs> get the marshmallow fluff on top. Always.
1: Marshmallow fluff?
2: Yeah. Like literal? Yeah, well, they have like action. our marshmallow cream, is what it oh, is. Oh, okay. They, you've never had, like, gone to a snow cone place where they can put the marshmallow cream on top?
1: Again, there's only one thing I ever go to snow cone oh. places for, so I don't even look at the menu, so The I don't know.
0: cream,
2: and I bet you, honestly, it would be really good with the two flavors, cherry and dill pickle, but they weird. just put it right on top, drizzle it on top. Weird. Oh,
0: man. I it's know Deidre so likes
1: to get something that has, they put a scoop of ice cream at the bottom of it. Ooh. I think it's like a root beer flavored snow cone with ice cream at the bottom. Oh. She really likes that.
2: Like snow cream?
1: No, just like literal ice no, cream. No, no, I mean. Oh, well, like, okay, like a thing. Yeah. A snow cream. Maybe, Is I don't a know. it called the snow cream? Uh, I think they do it at Bahama Bucks. Whew. where did we how did we get here
2: um national pro-life Cup it's been
1: K-K. 11 minutes we been talking
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh it's Tuesday uh, and we're hungry y'all <laughs>
1: uh, our show today is brought to you by the ebook easy church holiday plays written and compiled by Joshua Powell three Christmas plays and one Easter play designed to be the length of an average Sunday morning worship service at a church they're all written with a small to medium sized congregation in mind they require about 15 performers props that are either, e- either are readily available or easy to make and can easily incorporates some other musical talent from a congregation it's a fantastic way to get your church involved in a project together this christmas best of all the cost of the ebook is just four dollars 99 cents get it online at barnes and noble apple bookstore or smashwords.com or visit backrowradio.com you'll find our link to easy church holiday plays also search for it on facebook
2: awesome it is
1: top list tuesday list top list list tuesday <laughs> and we've got uh, ten rules to help reduce conflict in your marriage. Ooh. Oh, there's a police siren going off outside. Someone did not reduce the conflict in their marriage.
2: No, they did
1: not. Or uh, their speed. Or <laughs> their speed. All right. Rule number one: I will communicate my expectations and not take it for granted that my spouse understands what I need or want. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big one. It's
2: I think that's that yeah. number one. Yeah.
1: Because there's too many times that we're, we there's too many times that we don't communicate well enough and just expect the other person to know right. what you want or what you need.
2: Or on the flip side, I feel like they we either expect them to just know, or we think that they're not going to care.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know. And both of those are bad signs. Yep. Rule number two: I will verify my assumptions. So that I have accurate information and feedback. That's another big one uh, along the same vein is that we need to stop making assumptions about what the other person meant. And that needs to be in all of life. There is too much
0: assuming, assuming
1: you know what that person said or meant or f- how that person feels about you and just automatically being offended instead of saying, hey, what did you mean by this? Mm-hmm. You know, and let's work this out. Yeah, I believe at least half the time there was no ill will meant, and it was a misunderstanding. But people just don't figure it out.
2: Mm-hmm. Hey, Matt, we're good at that.
1: You and me? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. We've we've <laughs> had to my. do it a couple times. Like <laughs> <We, laughs> <laughs> <laughs> one, yeah, one happened recently where I'd be like, "Look, I'm not. If I don't deal with this now, I'm gonna let it ruin the entire thing. Let's just talk this out."
2: Yeah, just gotta tell you something, okay? <laughs> uh,
1: rule number three: uh, I will strive toward understanding my spouse's feelings and thoughts on a matter first, without criticism, before attempting to negotiate or compromise.
2: There was a lot of words. I'm having to reread it a couple
1: times. <laughs> just pause one second. Let me let me let me breathe that in. <laughs> Ah. understand what your spouse is saying and feeling first before you try to put in what you want out of it. I them.
2: kind of feel like that goes along with the assumptions, though. Yeah,
1: But these are just specific. Yeah. 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 Rule number four. I will focus on resolving the issues and not attempt to make my spouse or our relationship the problem. That's good, too. That goes along with the whole we're on the same team, not opposing teams. Exactly. Thing. Uh, number five I will give myself and my spouse permission to take a time out from the discussion whenever it is requested or needed as long as I give a specific time frame when we'll resume problem solving
2: okay so that last part I feel like is the big deal the big deal Mm -hmm. if you're going to take a time out you have to have to have to give a time frame look just give me ten minutes just give me till the end of the day just, you know what I mean? Because there are there are two types of people. There are people who need time in order to allow things to process and be able to, to refocus. And then there are people who cannot have time because the more time that they linger on something, the more bitter they're going to grow.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's me. I, <clears throat> in conflict, I do not i can't do time time
1: is bad for you time is bad for
2: me exactly time is
1: not on your side
2: i am stewing over it i am i've figured out all the possible things that i'm gonna say in retaliation to whatever the other person's argument is gonna be i've grown bitter i've gotten even more upset you know and something that for me would have could have very easily been resolved in a yeah two to five minute this is how i'm feeling i'm sorry and you see, know. I
1: feel like I'm the opposite way. I feel like that the if I ha- have more time, even though I might feel like I'm stewing about it and coming up with all these arguments or whatever, usually by the time I actually get to have the conversation with the person again, sometimes even right up to the minute, I'm feeling like I'm going to get them. And then the conversation starts and I just immediately realize, okay, you know what? It's not worth it to destroy this. Let's just let's talk about this. Let's air it out. I usually mellow out by the time the conversation starts. But in the heat of the moment, I think I would be more irrational.
2: Yeah. And what's crazy is it has taken up until this year for me to realize that there are those two types of people. Not everyone is like me. (laughs) Not everyone needs to talk it out. And I don't think that there's a right or a wrong way, honestly. Yeah. It's just how we as people process things. But having that time frame on it and saying, listen, this is important to me and I will come back to it. At this point.
1: That respects both. Yeah. Both personalities. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Rule number six. I will accept a neutral place and time to discuss problems that are mutually satisfactory and does not give one partner an advantage over the other. So this would be like maybe not doing it at your parents' house where you know your parents are going to back you up.
0: <laughs> right.
2: Right. Or even honestly in front of the kids. Don't do it in front of the kids. right?
1: But that's one of the things that riles me up. That's one of the things that will quickly get me mad If the other person is making an argument, and in order to inflate their argument, draws somebody else in, and asks them the question, and waits for them to tell me the exact same thing that they told me, even if I'm wrong, at that point, you're the jerk, and I'm walking away. I
2: I totally do it, Matt. (laughs) I do it all the time.
1: Uh.
2: Let me just prove to you that I'm not the only one who feels this way.
1: Or any serious argument, anyway.
2: Yeah, I don't know. (laughs)
1: No, I'm. I'm just talking about in serious right. like arguments. I know you've done that to me many times, or even if it's just bringing in Google. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> In fairness. (laughs) In fairness, we've done that to each other. But you did just do that to me in the last episode. Well, you know, I'm sorry. When I questioned your calamari knowledge.
2: Well and (laughs) hey, but here's the thing. This is something that I can pat myself on the back about. If I'm wrong, I admit that I'm wrong. That's true. That's true. If I'm wrong, I'm not oh well I I I misunderstood that.
1: I wasn't Maybe maybe here. Yeah. But in Italy. (laughs) Yes all (laughs) octopus no i'm i am
2: quick to say oh i was wrong okay i'm sorry (laughs) Uh,
1: rule number seven i will take ownership of and be completely accountable for my own feelings thoughts attitudes and behaviors first without blame shifting things towards my spouse
2: Mm, that's a good one that's
1: a really good one rule number eight i will be responsive and not reactive uh, so, responsive, not reactive, when discussing issues or receiving feedback about my behavior from my spouse. Um, num- rule number nine I will not attempt to control my spouse with sarcasm, rage, threats, manipulation, shame, jealousy, or silence. Wow. Whoo. Breathe that one in, folks. Right. Because uh, I feel like those are all go to things. With a lot of people in their arguments. Mm -hmm. Um, I do remember there was a time when my wife and I were both like that when we were dating early on. Um, And there were a few times that we would get into big arguments and she would kind of resort to crying. And after like the fourth time it happened, I realized she's just trying to win the argument. She's trying to make me feel bad. <laughs> so I, I very rudely <laughs> said, "Look, cry all you want. We're gonna finish talking about this when you're done." And uh, <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I remember that kind of stopped that. But that was like the the only thing Daedra ever did wrong in arguments like that. I have been very sarcastic, uh, and I've been silent a lot. Yeah. Uh, which she hates. Oh, I hate Gosh, it too. Yeah, I and hate for it me, too. it's not all—it's not all about trying to be manipulative, even though it is manipulative. It's usually I'm trying to have my brain try to think in one steady thought instead of all the jumbled anger that I have. Um, but I know that it riles her up too, so sometimes I have done it on purpose. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I tend to get—I'm the one that tends to get overly emotional now. So I find
2: uh. this i I I'm sorry, I didn't to oh, cut no, you off. I'm done. I find that this happens so early in in our life. Yeah. Like these these um coping mechanisms, if you will, mm-hmm. they happen so we were watching we had a, a movie marathon with our kids over the weekend and ten o'clock last night, Canon's phone goes off and I've shared that Canon has a little girlfriend, right? Oh right, yeah. Um and <laughs> <laughs> Topher has not. He doesn't. He hasn't had a girlfriend yet. Topher is our oldest. Cannon is our middle. They're only fifteen months apart. But Topher says anything before high school doesn't count anyway. Which speaking in relationships, so
1: sort of true. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um. But Cannon, this is his second girlfriend, and he's <laughs> almost twelve. Um, yeah, he's but like his, I was. Yeah. Um. But his little girlfriend texted him at it was nine fifty nine. And I kind of look over at the phone, and by this point, their phones are supposed to be put away, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chris and I check the text message with him sitting there, and Chris reads it. Chris hands it to me. I read it, I hand it to Cannon. Cannon's like, I don't, do I respond to her? Do I say something? And I was like, yes, you can't let it not go <laughs> resolved. But the little girl said, do you really like me? Because I feel like someone like you is gonna break up with me. Oh. I know. Oh. And or she said I'm and she says, I'm really insecure. I don't feel like I'm pretty. I think that you're gonna break up with me. And it just broke my heart for an eleven year old girl to have these feelings. And to be you that know? honest with them. Right. Well yeah. so and the Canon <laughs> Canon rolls his eyes. She says this at school all the time. I don't know what to say, mom. (laughs) So I told him, I said, okay, tell her, I'm sorry that you feel this way. It's not true. That's not how I feel. But I'm going to bed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. (laughs) And he was like, thanks, mom. I would have never thought to say that. (laughs) So I don't know. I'm like... Okay, I'm giving my 11 year old, almost 12 year old, relationship <laughs> advice here, but this little girl at 11 years old feels so insecure about herself already. It just breaks my yep. heart.
0: It but you know what? I was like heart. that for a
1: long time with Daedra. Um, of course, we weren't that young, but we were young enough. But I thought that she was just so far above me, mm-hmm. both socially and in looks, and and all this. I'm like. I don't understand why you're still here. You're not going to be here tomorrow, right? You are not. You don't really, I mean, you don't really like me, right? Mm. And what made it worse is that she had a friend who is, was not her friend after this moment. <laughs> but she had a friend who basically came to me uh, under the guise of trying to help me, saying that the only reason she was dating me was to get closer to one of my friends, mm. whom I know that she did have a crush on like a year before we started dating. Right. And so that messed me up. Mm. And so I had, to, and she's like, I don't know what to do to right. convince you other than the fact that I'm still your girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, but like, even when we were married, there was a long time where I'm like, this isn't going to last. I just, I just know it. One day she's going to wake up and just be like, I don't need to be here.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, so it, it took me screwing up life uh, and getting caught up in my own selfish habits to the point where it could have broken a normal marriage Yeah. to realize, okay, she's really not leaving She's me. really not going anywhere. <laughs> and so I don't worry about that stuff yeah. anymore. But, so, uh, I,
2: yeah. yeah, I don't advise anyone to go screwing up their their life or their marriage, but there are two people sitting here talking, <laughs> and it's worked for both of us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we we find 100% success right. with screwing things up. Ugh. Putting your
2: marriage to the test by screwing up life and seeing if the other person sticks around.
1: It is kind of the ultimate test, and you know the answer afterwards. It
2: worked for us. All right, there's one more rule, Matt. You aren't
1: going to leave me for this. I can do anything. (laughs) Rule number ten: I will actively seek the forgiveness of my spouse when I am aware of any wrongdoing on my part, and I will extend forgiveness when it's asked for mm. two very important things could have been their own rule but i guess they just tried to cram them into 10 because 10's easy yeah uh but yes um uh, that's something from cr as well you know make amends seek forgiveness and offer forgiveness yes uh very important and uh necessary for any relationship absolutely let alone a marriage um so, yeah, ten solid rules, I think. I don't yep. disagree with anything we read there.
2: No, I don't either. That Very was good. good.
1: Very good. All right, it is Indie Music Tuesday. That means we're going a little heavy on the independent artists this morning. Uh, maybe you'll find a band that you've never heard of before and put them in your rotation. When we come back, get out of that Bible reading rut. Stick around. back row morning show here on this beautiful tuesday morning well at least i hope it's beautiful i don't know what it's like where you're at but but here no actually it's not so beautiful here either. but hey it's tuesday we're gonna keep this tuesday (laughs) rolling our sponsor for today's show is the ebook easy church holiday plays written and compiled by joshua powell three christmas plays and one easter play designed to be the length of an average sunday morning worship service at a church let me tell you about one of them one of them's called we got that Uh, Mr. Hart owns a supply store and is more concerned with making money than celebrating the Christmas holiday. Mr. Hart forces the employees to work Christmas Eve in order to fulfill a large order, and the stress of the evening results in the employees being reminded of the reason Christmas is celebrated. This play has humor and heart, and now is the perfect time to get this and three more amazing plays and prepare for Christmas. And amazingly, the cost of this ebook is just $4.99. Four ninety nine. 99 Get it online at Barnes Noble, Apple Bookstore, or smashwords.com, or visit com, and you'll find our link to Easy Church Holiday Plays. Also, search for it on Facebook. Hey, Mo. Hey, Matt. I think it's time for five random facts. What do you think about
2: it? All right. So, yeah. number one T Mobile owns the color magenta. The brand trademarked the color, and a Texas judge ruled that similar colors, even with different names, can't be used by other telecom companies.
1: Now, I wonder if it's just that. Because I know, like, Blue's Clues had a ca- a dog character called Magenta. Uh-huh. That was Magenta. Blue's Clues. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know Blue's Clues is coming back?
2: Is it really? Yeah.
1: Got a new host and everything. No. Well, yeah. They can't go back to the old hosts. There. Yeah,
2: but they've already gone through two Good hosts. Yeah. Steve and Joe. And yeah. now who are we going to have?
1: Um, Some. I don't remember his name.
2: Okay. See, now it should be a woman. For real.
1: It's not like, a woman. I know that.
2: That's dumb. They should have, like, Steve and Joe's sister, Sally. Yeah.
1: I don't know if they're going to try and make them related or not. I don't think so, because I think he's of a different ethnicity. Um, Then
2: it's not Blue's Clues! Well,
1: Blue's still going to be there, and he'll still be giving clues.
2: Okay, this is just teaching children that it's okay to get rid of your family animal.
1: (laughs) Maybe Joe died. Did you ever think about that? Maybe he died. Maybe this is a friend taking in a dead friend's dog. Joe did not die, children.
2: (laughs) Not just children,
1: but (laughs) adults in there. Right? (laughs) You just sent a
2: twinge of real great sadness through me thinking that Joe may have passed away. Uh, That was my brother's favorite cartoon.
1: Well, I think there's a lot of people out there who want Joe to die.
2: That's rude.
1: Because. Because he took Steve's place. That's rude. I well, I know. Okay, but Steve... But there's a whole Steve thing. had
2: a problem. Steve had to go away.
1: Steve didn't so, have a problem.
2: Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Steve had a drug problem. Oh, no,
1: that is the rumor. He never <laughs> had a drug problem. He was just done. He was balding. His hairline was going up. And he said, I didn't want to be this bald kid pretending to be this like older brother type to all these children so i thought it was time he went on and did like this thing he had a band everything there were no drugs he's still fine he's not dead he's still alive today and he gets asked every single year whatever happened to steve from blues clues i just had a normal life guys i'm fine Oh, gosh.
2: Steve and Joe, either way, they will be missed. (laughs) And hopefully Magento will be an active character again. (laughs) All right. Number two, Spain's Uh, national anthem. Just on number two? Yeah, Matt.
1: Goodness gracious.
2: Spain's national anthem, Real, Marcha?
1: Marcha? Marcha? Or
2: Royal March doesn't have official lyrics it was written as a military march and as such was not intended intended to be a song huh
1: no it is a song it's not intended to be sung oh <laughs> <laughs> it has no words to be
2: sung people jeez
1: <laughs> <laughs> doesn't it, it's a- Our national anthem shouldn't be a
0: song. No,
2: but it's a march. It's not a song. (laughs)
0: Ugh.
2: Get it together. Um, (laughs) Barry Manilow wrote the State Farm jingle and the classic, I'm stuck on Band-Aid brand because Band-Aid's stuck on me.
1: I am stuck on Band-Aid brand because Band-Aid's stuck on me. Uh. I think that's how it goes.
2: So the State Farm jingle is like a good neighbor.
1: Like a good neighbor. State State Farm Farm is is there. Uh, I thought all jingles were made by,
0: uh... oh, what's
2: his name? Jingle the Elf? No.
0: What's
1: wrong with you?
0: What?
2: (laughs) That was rude. That was rude.
1: I'm sitting here trying to think of a real person. (laughs)
0: Jingle the Elf? (laughs) (laughs) What? His name? You're a
1: jerk. Oh, gosh. I don't remember his name. Never mind. Well, Paul Anka. Paul Anka. I thought all jingles were made by Paul Anka. Nope. These two were anyway. made by Barry
2: Manilow. So,
0: <laughs> the
2: sound you hear when you put, uh. put a seashell next to your ear is not the ocean, but blood flowing through your brain. Mm. Our brain sounds like the ocean. hmm Uh-huh. And lastly, goats, like us, have regional accents, and goats from different regions can have trouble understanding each other. I'm going to need to phone a friend on this one. Um,
1: <laughs> that seems weird.
2: Maddie, my my goat loving friend, is this true?
1: Do you is, have any German goats?
2: Yeah. She has all kinds oh. of goats. Oh,
1: that's how they sound. They're from I'm kind of
2: curious. You know what? I'm going to text her and ask her, and we'll get back to this. Those are my five random facts.
1: All right, we got some artist updates for you. A big moment this week for Citizen Way. The band posted, got to sing one of Ben's favorite songs with some icons of Christian music history, John Schlitt of Petra and Billy Smiley of White Hart. We don't have any White Hart on the station. We no need some White Hart. Uh, got to tell them how much they meant to us and how we are honored to carry the torch of the gospel of Jesus. It was truly an honor. Uh, Jamie Grace says that she may finally have enough t-shirts. Uh, She posted, how many t-shirts do you own, as in the ones that you wear to sleep or work out in? I'm currently at (laughs) 4,739,638. The collection started in 1991, and I'm wondering if it's time to chill out.
2: (laughs) That's so true. That is so true. And you get a t-shirt for everything. You get a
1: t-shirt for everything. Yep. Deidre has... Billions of them that she just sleeps in or cleans the house. In. I know.
2: And I feel bad for throwing them out. Right. Specifically yeah. like BBS t-shirts. Right. You know, every year you get a BBS t-shirt.
1: Dater wears a lot of those too. And it, um, <laughs> do I
2: really throw it out? But right. but there's, uh, anyway. I paid money
1: for it. <laughs> All right. Toby Mac recently got a chance to share his new album, The Elements, uh, Song by Song with Industry Friends. Now this hasn't released yet, uh, but it's coming very soon. While on stage, Toby Mac was also presented with another gold album, this time for his project, This Is Not A Test. The album featured four number one radio singles and garnered 500 million global streams. Congratulations, Toby Mac. I'm sure that will go great with your other 57 gold albums.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're just a little
2: bit jealous, that's all. It's Top
1: List Tuesday. List. Still, Top List. I enunciated it right this time. That's, that's uh, this time. time this time. time. I put a T at the this as well.
0: Yes. <laughs> four
1: strategies. Four. To escape a Bible reading rut. Ooh. Now this is where you just ain't having fun reading the Bible anymore and you start to not do it. So here's four ways to help keep it fresh for you. Number one, listen to the Bible rather than read from it. I did go through a period where I listened to the Bible. Yeah. Um, it was acted out by a bunch of different people. Uh, Several of them Hollywood actors like Denzel Washington and whatnot. Uh, It was very good. Uh, I believe I listened to the whole thing. Maybe just the whole New Testament, but it was still very good.
2: I'm curious if it's an option on Alexa. Because I can see myself doing that. Alexa, play the Daily Bible for me while I'm cleaning or whatever.
1: I mean, I know they do a verse... They'll do a daily verse. I don't. I bet there's a maybe a chapter a day situation you could figure out. and find. Well, so. and I'm
2: sure because the way that it works, right, is if I were to buy it on Amazon <clears throat> as like the ebook, oh, and it's in my yeah. queue, yeah. right, maybe. and she or in my library, yeah. and she could just read it from there. Yeah. I bet. Huh. I'm gonna do it. I I'm bet,
1: doing I betcha, it. I bet you. All right, number two. Read from a different translation.
0: Ooh, yeah. This has
1: helped too a lot. Uh going from like the NLT to the ESV, or if you're a KJV person and you're like, This is tiring, you know, go a different direction. It's okay. I know there's a lot of different thoughts about all these different translations and mm-hmm. if it's better to go thought for thought or meaning for meaning and or word for word or whatever, but just you know, it's all good, man. Read we- what you got.
2: Chris and I have started reading from The Voice (coughs) and what we'll do. Uh What's that? It's a translation.
1: I've never heard of The Voice. It's amazing. I thought that was a TV show.
2: But it breaks it down into. See, now I'm questioning. Is it The Voice? Is that the name of it? I'm going to have to ask Chris. Uh, I'm Um, just going to Google. But it's almost read like a story, like a book. Like you would read your favorite novel. Um, But then we counteract it with. Yeah. Okay, so we counteract it with ESV to make sure that, you know, nothing's like messing up or unbiblical or whatever. Um, but it's, for the most part, it just, it really kind of goes into depth as far as history is concerned, as far as what word, each word means, but it's read like a story.
1: Interesting. It's now amazing. That's a, now, that's initially how the message started. Yeah. And uh, But
2: the message, like it waters it down.
1: And you're you know saying what the I voice mean? doesn't?
2: The voice does not.
1: All right, so I looked it up here, and it is a, it's a translation method. It says it was produced through an unusual translation process, along with Bible and language scholars, many artists, writers, and musicians helped determine the final text. The voice attempts to translate the poetry, humor, and beauty of the Bible's passages to produce an effect similar to what one would experience reading in the original languages in presenting the text as a literary style story the publishers have chosen a screenplay style format instead of saying and jesus said unto them the text uses a script like presentation to indicate who is talking oh okay so yeah. it just says like jesus colon uh-huh. that's what he says yeah breakout sections in another uh, breakout sections in another color are used for descriptions of events and other narration weird mm-hmm. okay but so here's so here's an example. Here, here's an example. From Psalm twenty three, it says, "He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name'sake." So the voice—that's the KJV. So uh-huh. the voice puts it like this: He provides me rest in rich green fields beside streams of refreshing water. He soothes my fears. He makes me whole again, steering me off worn hard paths to roads where truth to roads where truth and righteousness echo His name. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow! Right? That's impressive.
2: I've, I, we have really, really, really enjoyed reading from the voice.
1: I mean, I need to do more research into it before I'm going to just straight out recommend yeah. it myself. But yeah. I will say I am intrigued. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually, like said, that's that's the third one too. Sorry, go ahead and finish.
2: I, to me, it just didn't feel quite as watered down, quite as, as, the message as did. like. Happy-go-lucky, everything is good, everything... Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: The message felt promising at first, and it just kind of got... It kind of got less impressive as time went on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the third list is use a reader's Bible, which is essentially a Bible written like a book. Uh, now, to qualify as a reader's Bible, all it really has to do is it cuts out the the verse numbers and chapter numbers and whatever and helps it flow like a actual story. Right. And helps you not block off verses and uh kind of helps you keep it in context and feel more like a story but this this in itself feels like it would do the same thing Mm -hmm. yeah i like that i can't believe i never heard of this yeah all right and number four stop reading your bible on your phone (laughs) gosh i think i don't know if we talked about this on the show or if i just talked about it with someone else recently but ah you get you get so caught up in using your phone for everything But when you're reading your Bible on your phone, all it takes is one Uh to pop up and you're done. Yep. And you're like, oh, Facebook, oh, comment, oh, Mm -hmm. look at this, uh, I'll get back to you in a minute, and you never do. Yeah. And you need to separate yourself from the outside world and focus on just reading the Bible. And I think it's time to return to hard copy physical bibles
2: i agree wholeheartedly we um we just switched cell cell phone providers in the last couple weeks and through that the boys got new phones and they both put the bible app on their phone which at first i was like awesome cool they're you know they've got Mm -hmm. the bible app on their phone last sunday as we were sitting in church topher pulls up the the verse that the sermon is coming from and then like 10 minutes later, I look over at him and he's with his thumb just scrolling, 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 mm-hmm. scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. You know, he's not actually looking, but Correct. he was he's, doing he's, something to keep himself busy. He's and in he's Facebook fidgeting. mode at that point. Yeah. yeah. Um, of just the
1: constant scroll.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. he doesn't even have Facebook. But anyway, so we got in the car <laughs> and I told him, I was like, guys, if you want to use the Bible app at home... You know, you got to look something up, you want to yeah. reference something. As a cool. tool,
1: it's fantastic. Yeah,
2: that's great. But when we are at church, use your Bible. Use the Bible that's provided in the pew in front of you. <laughs> use the Bible. Because and I feel like there's something remember, that
1: Do you remember a time when people brought Bibles to church? Right? That's nowhere now.
2: I bring a Bible still every Sunday. Do you? Yep. Every Sunday. Yeah. There's a part of me that feels like you have to bring a Bible, you to, you're going right? to church. And then a part of me that feels like I have like 12 Bibles that I've gotten over my lifetime. And I look at them and I'm like, yeah, should, I need to, I need to take one of
1: those. <laughs> they must be lonely up there. It
2: must be lonely sitting on the shelf. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes, I still remember. I remember when it changed because we used to bring our Bible every week mm-hmm. and then smartphones came out and that was just.
2: Yep. Nobody brings their Bible anymore. It
1: was done almost immediately. I
2: actually feel like when I walk in with a Bible in my hand, people are like, "Oh, what's that book? Oh, oh that. Oh, okay." And then they're
1: like, "What's her problem? Stuck up? Right? Bringing her Bible? Think she's better than us?"
2: (laughs) Or they're too poor to get smartphones. Gosh,
1: are they okay?
2: (laughs) They must be really struggling. But I told the boys that it's a lost art, if it you really will, is, to yeah. be able to flip to the book of the Bible to know mm-hmm. where John is in the Bible. Bible races, yeah, Bible drills. Yeah, Which to the verse first? Yep. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I
1: know. I recently got a new hardcover Bible, a new CSB Bible, mm-hmm. the the updated Holman Christian Standard, because CSB is now the official Bible of the Southern Baptist Church.
0: Hey, apparently. what do you know? Uh, mm-hmm.
1: they, they the CSB Bible actually sponsors Not Another Baptist Podcast, which we fe- feature on Saturdays. Really? Like, they're a sponsor. The Bible itself, the Word of God <laughs> sponsors <laughs> this podcast. I'm just thinking, how did y'all land this? How That's did awesome. you get? How did you get a whole Bible translation to sponsor your podcast? <laughs> That's cool. But, uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm liking it a lot. I mean, of course, I'm, I'm liking having a hard copy, but, I mean, as a translation— it ain't bad. Yeah. It's one of the better ones that, yeah. I've, that I'm have that i so far seeing. I haven't read through the whole thing, but uh, from what I've used so far, I enjoy it. So pick <laughs> up a hard copy, man. Right?
0: Yeah.
2: There are two types of people in the world, okay? This is my new segment, <laughs> two types of people. And it's me and my husband, two types of people. It's the one who has had the same translation, the same Bible since... He was a birth. child, okay? And then the one who has 20 different copies in different translations yeah. because she likes to cross-reference. And so Chris was in his KJV that he's had since birth, and he's like, I really, I don't like reading from this Bible. I, don't, I just can't do it. But he will not commit to buying a new Bible. He will not. So what he does is he just goes and finds one of my 20 different copies and figures <laughs> out which one he wants to read from.
1: <laughs> now, I have, for the longest time, my my main Bible was a parallel Bible. But it was a parallel Bible of the NIV and the Message. Okay. And this was before I realized that both of those translations <laughs> are starting to have major problems. Right. But, but at the time, I really loved having that because you'd have the standard... What we typically see as the translation. This mm-hmm. was NIV eighty four before the updates of uh, half a dec- half a half a decade ago already. Or wow, more. goodness. But before the update uh, that brought in a lot of questionable things, and then the message, uh, which as a reference and as a paraphrase is mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. If we don't take it as a literal interpretation of scripture, but as a paraphrase, that's perfect. And so having it as a parallel version. That's great because it really helps you understand what's being said, Mm -hmm. uh, being able to view it from the two different sources. Mm -hmm. But they have parallel Bibles of all kinds and they used to be like study tools and a lot of them still are. Like they have like four version parallels, which are giant. Yeah. So they have to be these hardback giant books.
2: That's exactly what I'm thinking as you're talking. But with
1: with a two translation one, it's still pretty thick. But they have, you know, leather-bound versions, which yeah. mine was. It was, like, a really nice two-tone co- uh, cover and everything. Um, and those can, be, those can be really nice um, when you're actually reading out of a hard copy.
2: <laughs> so here's a quick question for you, Matt. Yeah. What do you do with a Bible like that? Okay. You, you have it, mm-hmm. right? But you begin to realize, wait a minute. This is a little bit off. Yeah. So I shouldn't be using it. Yeah. I need to find a new Bible that... Yeah. But do you get rid of it? No, do you I give it away?
1: It. Do <laughs> still, you? It goes in your library as things for it becomes reference material, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think that's what most pastors would say. Reference material <laughs> anything anything that's in their library that they don't want to uh, don't want to admit to owning. Oh, it's just for reference,
0: right? <laughs> there
1: are some there are some pastors that I've seen that actually print out these stickers to put on the spine that say, this is for reference only.
0: This is not
1: for my personal use. Um, Johnny, uh, my pastor here at Highland, um, he preached this whole sermon against the prosperity gospel uh, one Sunday, or at least had a big chunk of one sermon that was about it. So luckily I heard that first, but I walked into his study after he got all his hundreds of books up and like the very first book I see as I walk in the door is Your Best Life Now by Joel Osteen. And I'm like, oh no, Johnny. <laughs> I'm like, oh wait, no, he doesn't believe that. Right. And so I brought it up with him and he goes, oh, you know why I have that? Someone gave it to me as a joke when I was leaving my last pastorate <laughs> and they wrote some a nice thing in it so I didn't have the heart to throw it away. <laughs>
2: Well, and then, too, you throw it away, and it goes into the hands of someone, and we're, like...
1: <sighs> I don't know. But anyway. oh, All right, so let's start our discussion here before we go to break. DC Comics has been getting darker. Uh, so, as we've all been seeing with the DC movies in the past several years, uh, gone are the days of upbeat DC entertainment. Everything's darker, grittier, mo- more controversial. Uh, even the DC TV shows from the Arrowverse tend to skew darker than the days of like Smallville. Um, But DC Entertainment has launched a service called DC Universe, which will feature brand new TV shows, including a live action Teen Titans and an animated Harley Quinn show, both of which have previews featuring the F word, which implies an even darker tone compared to the Arrowverse. Mm -hmm. And lastly, DC Comics has launched a new adult focused uh, comic line called DC Black Label which kicked off their line with a Batman comic where he ends up naked in the shadows and features a clearly visible outline of his... uh Manhood. <laughs> the trend, stress. of course, is not new. Uh, just look at Marvel's Netflix shows or Deadpool movies. It's difficult for parents to navigate what is safe and what isn't without having their own expansive knowledge on comics. But uh, it didn't always used to be this way. Uh, in our third hour, we're going to take a look at the tr- the Times comics delved into the divine. So, right now it's Indie Music Tuesday. We're going to uh, fill out the rest of this hour with uh, going a little heavy handed on the indie music today um, and enjoy some of these artists that you don't typically get to hear. Uh, you definitely don't hear much of them on the mainstream. Uh, some of them are, are writers of several songs that you hear on the mainstream that uh, have also recorded these songs themselves. Uh, but yeah, enjoy them. We'll come back at the third hour and we'll talk about the Gospel According to Superheroes. So stick around. Back to the Background Morning Show. Matt and Mo here with you on this Tuesday. And uh, our show today is brought to you by the ebook Easy Church Holiday Plays, written and compiled by Joshua Powell. This is a book packed with four church plays that run about 30 to 45 minutes. If you tried to buy even one play like this from one of the bigger companies out there, just one book and the rights to perform it is going to set you back like 50 bucks. Plus, you aren't allowed to photocopy them for your actors. You got to buy other copies, scripts that are like 12 to 20 bucks a piece. It's just, I mean, it's a it's an ordeal. It's an investment. <laughs> but with this ebook, you're getting four amazing holiday plays to span the next several years. You're getting them all for just one price, $4.99. Plus, when you purchase the book, you're also going to be able to request a PDF version at no extra charge so you can print all the scripts that you need for your actors all for under that five bucks. It's a deal you just can't beat. Get it online at Barnes and Noble, Apple Bookstore, or SmashWords.com, or visit backrowradio.com and you'll find our link to Easy Church Holiday Plays. Also search for it on Facebook. It's an amazing deal. It really is. I mean, you, even if you're unsure if you want to do a play, what's five bucks? For real. Get it, hold it in, in you know, in your office until you're ready. Cause I mean it's it's worth it. Yeah. All right. So here's the news. A massive gold nugget worth at least $110,000 wow. has been uncovered by a prospector in remote Western Australia. The retired man said he's been combing the same patch in the northern gold fields with a metal detector for years, but struck it rich with better technology. The nugget has been dubbed a Duck's Foot because of its shape. <laughs> Imagine. Still finding gold out there in the world. A Colorado woman visiting Crater of Diamonds State Park in Arkansas found a 2.62 carat diamond in just 10 minutes of searching. The 71-year-old woman, who did not want her identity revealed, said she and her family were only looking for diamonds for about 10 minutes at the park when she found the ice-white diamond on the surface. The grandmother said that she was shocked when she took her find to the park's Diamond Discovery Center, where it was identified more than three, or more than 33,100 diamonds have been found since the creator of diamonds became a state park in 1972. And mm-hmm. lastly, another amazing find, but of a different kind, and an exciting new breakthrough for bread lovers. And here's another shout out to Kara Wellborn. Right. A university has developed a medication that can alleviate or even completely in- eliminate the symptoms of celiac disease.
0: That's
2: awesome.
1: Celiac is fairly common, uh, affecting 1% to 2% of the American population. It is expressed as a hypersensitivity to gluten, a protein found in grains like wheat, barley, or rye. Instead of developing a drug that interferes with the immune system, TU wine has created a simple medical product that directly attacks the gluten molecules themselves to render them harmless. And so since this is attacking the food intake and not the body in some way that makes the approval process much simpler meaning that the product should be available for order in ordinary pharmacies as early as 2021 that's awesome yeah very cool to completely eliminate almost the symptoms of gluten intolerance isn't that great that is cool we could finally stop hearing (laughs) about everybody's gluten-free problems Mm -hmm. yep Uh, all right So, faith in comics is not something new. Clark Kent was raised going to a Methodist church every Sunday. Jean Grey, Human Torch, and The Invisible Woman are Episcopalian. Black Lightning, Ghost Rider, and Falcon are all Baptists. And quite a few superheroes are Catholic. We've even seen the Netflix series Daredevil, that uh, Matt Murdock is a Catholic struggling with his actions and morality. Uh, other superheroes who have been identified as Catholic at some point in the canon are the Hulk, Hellboy, Blue Beetle, Plastique, Dr. Midnight, Punisher, Huntress, Nightcrawler, Gambit. Uh, in the amazing Brad Metzler story, Identity Crisis, during the funeral scene, someone asks why Blue Devil has smoke coming off of him. Uh, and there's <laughs> he's told that Blue Devil is a devout Catholic, but his flesh burns whenever he's in a church. <laughs> Uh, So (laughs) we've had faith. And then, of course, we all had a smirk on our face in the first Avengers movie when Captain America said in reference to Thor, there's only one God, ma'am. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course, there are plenty of superheroes of other faiths, too, and many whom have no religious affiliation. But there are plenty of faith-inspired moments in DC and Marvel universes, that's for sure. And so the question I want to determine today after going through a couple of these examples is, is it a good thing or a bad thing to have faith represented in comics like this? Um, so let me give you a few examples from my nerd history. Um there have been instances where our faith seems to be stepped on. There was an elseworld, elseworld story in DC where one of the characters was a version of a version of Jesus Christ, uh, who basically faked the crucifixion slash resurrection and was found out to be a fraud, which can be seen as mm, revisionist history retelling of the story in a different dimension. Um, but then in Green Lantern mythos. The rogue guardian Kronos was able to look back to the creation of the universe. And uh, the image that we see is that of a cosmic hand shaping the cosmos, which heavily implies a creator god. And the fact that the multicolored lantern cores out there are powered by emotions like will, hope, fear, uh, implies a heavily spiritual force in the universe, despite the vast and powerful technology they use. And my favorite example of faith, culture, and comics... Uh, colliding, is a series called Kingdom Come from the 90s. Um, though the story focuses around Superman, Batman, and a vast collection of superheroes, new and old, the main character is actually a struggling pastor. He's asking for guidance, and he becomes the eyes of the viewer as we see Revelation, the, the apocalypse, coming to pass because of the failure of superheroes. Um, so we all know superheroes are a prevalent part of the culture, especially given... The last decade of Marvel movies that has kind of ushered in this new era of superhero focus. Um, But it's also a part of our church culture. Church culture. Can't talk. (laughs) Uh, Just look at Bible Man Mm -hmm. and Larry Boy and our other half-hearted attempts to (laughs) to create a Christian superhero. Right. Uh, We crave our own Jesus-fied heroes, but of course they come out as cheesy and lame most of the time. But there's no escaping it. And, of course, it's not just superheroes. Uh, that's just our example today. But is it a good thing or a bad thing when secular mediums delve into faith matters? Uh, like, is it is it good to get readers interested in faith or does it mislead people by misrepresenting what faith really is? What do you think?
2: I think it's good. Yeah? Honestly. Um, any way that we can kind of open up the door mm. is good. Yeah. Uh, in situations like this, I'm just kind of reminded of Romans eight, where it all things will be used for the good of those who are called according to God's purpose. Yeah, I feel like situations like this are part of that, are part of that scenario. All things can be used for good. Um does it have to be completely 100% accurate? No, it doesn't, because I think what's going to end up happening is someone, even if it's just one person, someone is going to be intrigued and turned on, and they're going to open up their Bible, or they're going to Google it, or they're going to ask a friend who they know is a believer, and they're going to be steered in the right direction.
1: So you're saying it would plant a seed of interest. Absolutely. And that they themselves would discover what the truth is through that. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that argument just fine. I also understand the other side, though, of um, worrying that it's completely misrepresenting what faith is to the point where it could be offensive to God. Um, I do know the thing that we always see with this kind of stuff is even when it's uh, kind of heavily implied to be Christian in nature, Jesus is usually left out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's usually just reference to God. One of the more recent things, not superhero related, but one of the more recent things of this nature is uh, a new show that is, I think it's only aired the pilot so far. It might have aired the second episode, but it's called God Friended Me. Okay. It's a new hour-long drama about an atheist, atheist podcast guy. Uh, he's got his own podcast, and uh, his dad's a pastor, but they had this horrible thing happen in their past. His mom... Uh, got got uh, diagnosed with cancer, was on the verge of death, and they were praying for healing, and God healed her. And then she got in a car accident on the way home from the hospital and died there. Mm. And so that knocked his faith out completely, he doesn't believe in God anymore. And then God sends him a friend request to what is implied to be Facebook. Mm. And then keeps recommending friends to him, and these are people that he's putting in his path to help and so God is using this atheist kid to help other people and partially discover who he is along the way. Mm-hmm. At least that's what it's, you know, setting up to be. I don't know where the series is going to go, but it looks like it's supposed to be a kind of pro-faith show. Mm-hmm. But, of course, it's all just a a God. Yeah. It's not It's not a Jesus. It's not a faith, per se. Even the pastor dad uh, hasn't mentioned anything about Jesus, just about the uh, the God character mm-hmm. of the show. So while that seems to be very uplifting and very great, I could still see some people having a problem with it as you're almost there. Yeah. Why not just uh, take the leap, add the Jesus in? Mm-hmm. And uh, and of course, that's because Jesus is the controversial fi- figure yeah. in society. Yeah. and so this might make it a little more palatable to non-Christian society to not go full force. Yeah, uh, so.
2: So then, my counter argument to that yeah, and would be:
1: I was almost jumping into the counter argument myself. Oh, sorry. that <laughs> so that's that would be great to get a a secular, unbelieving church kind or people kind of interested in church or in faith without going full force mm-hmm. in that hope. I can just see it coming kind of back and forth. What were you going to say? Go
2: ahead. Um I just feel like as as a whole it and it doesn't matter whether believer or non-believer or religion based or, you know, Baptist or Pentecostal or Catholic or Lutheran, it it doesn't really matter. As a whole, we're so easily offended. Yes. So easily offended. Mm-hmm. And instead of being taking offense to things, instead of picking apart and finding the negative in everything, Let's take a second, let's step back, let's see the positive in it. And then how about, you know, you, you were saying you're you're almost there, you're, you're just there. Okay, well, as a person, as a friend, as a family member, let's take it just there. You know, yeah. when we hear our family member or our friend talking about that episode that they saw of God friended me, and they're leaving out that portion that you know is biblically true that would just kind of tie it all together... Take it there. Bring it up. Don't be afraid to have those tough conversations and those hard conversations because that's how God is going to use everything Mm -hmm. for the good. Mm -hmm. He's going to use this situational whatever, comedy, television show, Facebook post, what have you, and then you speaking truth into it at the same time and bringing them together to bring someone closer to him.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's where I was going to end too is that, um you know God can be found in a lot of these stories. Mm-hmm. Uh even in stuff like Harry Potter and whatnot that yeah. Christians tend to be so poo poo about. Yep. Um we can find very great very amazing parables that will connect with the secular outside world uh a lot easier to get them get their foot in the door of faith before we have the, you know deep spiritual discussions or whatnot. Let's get them interested. Let's get them wanting to talk about it. And frankly, I am surprised and excited that there are so many attempts right now mm-hmm. in Hollywood to come out with more faith-based type shows. There are. I'm very excited about God Friend and Me. Uh Living Biblically was on last year. It it did not get picked up for a second season, but it made through a whole season where the whole show was about this dude trying to live by the Bible as much as he could. Yeah. Which, who, yeah. And, And I know that was based on a true story, too. But, I mean, like, that idea of, like, how did that... I don't understand how that got greenlit in today's yeah. society, in today's Hollywood, but it did, and that was so surprising. And then we have shows like Last Man Standing, which just got picked back up again. Now, I know mm-hmm. they typically skew more towards political humor, but there have been several episodes that have focused on faith and oh, yeah. and whatnot, and yeah, yeah just... Even that, The
2: Good Place, Matt, have you good watched? The Good Place,
1: yes, yeah. which, I mean, is a total riff on the afterlife, but still... The whole idea is about bad people trying to be good. Yeah. Trying to become better people. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of that is changing the ways that society typically reacts to Mm -hmm. things. Um, Yeah. Oh, I love The Good Place. That's hilarious.
2: You know, you used a word and when you said it, it just kind of like I had a, you know, one of those aha moments. But you said parables. Yeah. And truly, when we think about it, that's what they are. They mm-hmm. are parables. And Jesus spoke in parables.
1: Absolutely. To connect to the people that aren't religious. Exactly.
2: Yeah. exactly. Absolutely. So when we look at it in that perspective, from that point of view, how can we not sit back and go, okay, mm-hmm. it might be a little off, it might be a little s- skewed, but this can be used for good.
1: Yeah. This could be a stepping stone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Then Netflix, of course. What's, yeah, what's strange is it's a lot of secular companies and secular production companies Mm -hmm. that are making a path for faith. Now, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of it has to do with just money because it's almost guaranteed if you put a faith movie in a theater, churches by the dozen are going to buy out the entire thing. I mean, it's going to make money. Uh, I can only imagine made buco bucks. Yeah when it came out. But that was a really good movie. Um, WWE Studios made The Resurrection of Gavin Stone, which was a very funny comedy, faith-based completely, talked about Jesus and everything. Netflix, which makes a lot of dark and weird and liberal-type shows, also took on VeggieTales. VeggieTales Mm -hmm. in the house, VeggieTales in the city for kids, which, though... (laughs) Not as good as a regular Veggie Tales.
0: Right. Still had a
1: very godly and biblical message most of the time. Mm -hmm. And then even more recently, we've learned that Netflix has acquired the rights to the Chronicles of Narnia. Oh. Which is C.S. Lewis's thing. They're gonna make TV shows and movies based on all seven books, which is exciting if they stick to the source material and keep. Which that whole thing is just a big parable. Yeah. So if they keep to that. Man, I'm excited. I really hope they make uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe into a series. Yeah, that'd be cool. And really tell that whole story. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm very excited about seeing more faith in media, more faith in, in comics, more faith in, in what have you uh, that's in the mainstream, because it does give us that opportunity as Christians to say, hey, you know, there's more to it if you want to hear about it.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, and here's <laughs> here's the the underlying factor and the truth of it all. The more that you hear God's name spoken, the bigger your conviction is going to grow. Yeah. The more curiosity you're going to have. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we as Christians could easily go to Right Now Media or we could go to Up TV on DirecTV, you know, or TBN or any of these other sources <laughs> that we <laughs> know. Yeah, but <laughs> any of these other sources that we know are going to only play christian based yeah shows or whatever movies or whatever but a non-believer is not going to go to those channels so to hear just just god's name spoken in a in a secular in a positive, on nbc or abc like, yeah. or whatever just to hear god's name spoken that's going to begin to stir up conviction in, in people's
1: hearts absolutely We'll just leave it at that. (laughs) It's Indie Music Tuesday. We're playing some more of the independent Christian artists that you might not get to hear as often. Uh, Of course, we play them all day uh, on our station, but we go a little heavy-handed on Tuesday mornings. And uh, stick around. We'll be back in a little bit to uh, close out the show. back to the back row morning show as we are going to close out this morning with our bible verse and thought for the day bible verse for the day is deuteronomy 13 4 it is the lord your god you must follow and him you must revere keep his commands and obey him serve him and hold fast to him
2: and our thought for the day comes from tim keller who reminds us that pride is the carbon monoxide of sin it silently and slowly kills you without you even knowing it
1: Thank you for joining us this morning. We're here every Monday through Thursday starting at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific with an encore presentation at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Pacific. If you ever miss one of our shows, you can find all the chatty bits mashed up together into a podcast for you over on BackRowRadio.com.
2: And thank you again to today's sponsor, the eBook Easy Church Holiday Plays by Joshua Powell.
1: Mo, what's the final word?
2: God. God is the final word because we love him.
1: <laughs> uh, that is it for today's show. If you need us, we'll be in the back.
2: Bye.